DanielBritt.com. I'm Daniel Britt, and joining me in the studio today are Luann Berger and Lori. And, uh, and Luann is the wife of the late Anthony Berger, and Lori uh, is Luann and Anthony's daughter. And uh, we're here to talk about many things. Uh, first off, out of, out, of the, out, of the, out of the hat here, we'll talk about uh, Anthony Berger. Um, as, as the story goes, as, the, as you've heard throughout news releases that span from CNN to MSNBC to all over the national news, and especially within gospel music, Anthony passed away um, in a very unique way, I would, I would say, on stage performing with the homecoming friends on a cruise ship uh, in the Caribbean. And, uh, and Luann, this, is, this has got to be so difficult for you. Um, and in fact, this is one of the questions I was going to ask you later in the program, but I'll ask you right off the bat here. Thanks for coming, first of all. Um, with Anthony having lived such a public life, having to relive this, this memory of, of his death so often, has that been hard for you or has it been surprisingly easy? It's been both. It's been extremely hard because, like you said, he was such a public figure. Mm-hmm. And yet at the same time, it was, it was a very comforting way to go to be surrounded by the people that he had traveled with all those years and to be on that ship for two days before we docked again uh, to be surrounded by the love and the comfort and to also be isolated from the rest of the world and the happenings that usually happen after mm. someone passes the details that go along with preparing a funeral um, we've been overwhelmed by the support and the love from people all over the world that's an interesting point you bring up. You're on a cruise ship. You're out in the middle of the ocean. Um, my first thought was kind of a panic-type situation. I mean, you can't, can't really go anywhere. You're sort of stuck there, and you're on a schedule in, in, in reality. And I know you probably had uh, uh, a different experience being so close to Anthony, being his wife. But the performers, they're there to do a job. The people have paid money to go on this cruise. The cruise can't just simply go back home, I guess. Um, Explain some of that. What were you feeling out there in the middle of the ocean as opposed to being at home where, where at you're first, comfortable? At first, um, a lot of questions hit your mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of details to handle. You try to be focused on what needs to be done, who needs to be called. And the people on the Holland America Cruise Line as well as Inspiration Tours were wonderful. They took us to an area where I just started making phone calls to family mm-hmm. members uh, back in the States, and then about 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, we met in a private area with all of the homecoming friends and um, decided what to do from that point forward. And I, I told Bill and expressed uh, what I thought Anthony's feelings would have been was, um, let's turn this into a celebration of life and concerts and events need to go on. So at that point, Bill said that we all needed to be unified together and first thing in the morning there was a showcase scheduled with some of the artists performing and they decided to all go and uh, discuss Anthony's passing and be there in support of each other and we pretty much decided that uh, the concert needed to go on and the evening events needed to go on and it was more of a time of celebration as well as a witnessing time for people on the ship to witness to others that worked on the cruise line hmm. that didn't know how to experience this death and thought that the cabin, the people would be in their cabins, that it would put a damper on the type of cruise and you wouldn't see many people out. But instead, it was uh, 
they witnessed cell groups in different areas of the ship praying and rejoicing for Anthony's home going and watching the concerts going on. And it was a great time to witness to people that were not Christian on that ship. Well, how did the, the the employees of the cruise ship, how did they respond? I mean, I, I've heard somewhere, I don't know if it's factual or not, but these people travel so many days a year on these cruise lines. They come from all over the parts of the world. Um, being that much involved with a, with a cruise line, you'd think they would have seen something similar, at least uh, heart attacks or uh, some something catastrophic, maybe not a death as often, but... Uh, they have. They've dealt with a variety of possibilities that could have when you have that many people on a ship at one time. They had experienced death before. They have an area in the medical area for that type of situation. But um, they were mainly overwhelmed with the way the people that had paid passage to come onto the cruise line, the Christian people that were there for the concerts, how they were responding to the situation. Um, we found out that a lot of times the waiters, uh, the staff in the hair salons, they were asking questions. They said, we've seen death before on a ship, and it has a tendency to put a damper on everything, a very solemn uh, atmosphere, but you all seem to have a hope that we don't understand. And I know of many situations where people were praying with employees on the ship. They were passing out Bibles. We've even heard reports of where uh, waiters have come up and said, we've never heard that Jesus loves us. Tell us more about Mm -hmm. that. And you could see them at night. They would slip into the back of the entertainment lounge, Mm -hmm. and they would watch the concert. And it was just it was an incredible time in Mm -hmm. many ways. I can imagine. Um when new when the news broke uh here in the mainland on this in the states um i i remember there were i think it, about 3 days left on the cruise uh, maybe right. 2 or 3 days left right. did you at that point being on the ship and going through all that you have to go through with customs and just being uh uh now a widow did did it did you hear from anybody in the states on the ship was there any contact did you know how much of an outpouring was coming from back home definitely so uh one of the things that anthony did as soon as we got on the ship was purchase a lot of um internet time at the internet cafe because this particular ship had computer access so i was immediately um on the computer i was on the phones with family members at home I was amazed at how quickly the outside world got the information. I I must have been in my own little world for a few minutes not thinking who would have picked up the phone in the cabin at $9 a minute and called (laughs) home to tell someone that, you know, that there had been a tragedy. But it spread unbelievably. And from what I understand, they told me, I know there were several websites that the servers crashed because I know our website was getting a million hits a second. Wow. That's just unbelievable when you think about it so there was some emergency work that had to be done on servers all across the country to handle that kind of contact but it was amazing at um just the emails that we were getting and a lot of them to this day our secretary has them printed and i have not been able to go through the thousands of them because on a daily basis our uh, post office box is overflowing with cards and in each card there's a letter that tells about how Anthony influenced them. So it's been it's been an incredible time for us. It really has been. And that's good. You've got so many. You can uh, you can take a handful a week. And you know when you need that pick me up, go back and read those. And, Definitely uh, so. 
That's uh, how has life changed uh, in these past what's it been a couple months now? A few it weeks. Be, it will be uh, three months, May the twenty second. Wow. Which doesn't seem possible. It seems like yesterday, but then it seems like an eternity. Hmm. As far as life changing, none of the the days of the week seem like the right day yet. I don't know how long that will take because our normal routine was we would wake up on a Monday morning and we would be in the parking lot next to our office on the bus having come back from the weekend. We had a lot to do on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday with the business and family and just all the stuff to get ready to leave on the bus Wednesday night at midnight. Mm-hmm. So then we were gone from Wednesday night midnight till Sunday night and back in the parking lot on Monday morning. So these days of the week don't seem like they're the right day yet. Even going to church on Sunday, we go to Christ Church there in Nashville. That seems like Sunday, but not really. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm going to just step back and wait and see how long it needs to start feeling like Monday through Friday and a Saturday and Sunday. But um, we're very busy in the office. Lori and I spend a lot of time uh, helping keep the uh, amount of required time in there to take care of processing all Mm -hmm. of the orders for Anthony's music. We do that a lot. And this past weekend, we did our first uh, concert Hmm. in Jonesboro. So that was unique. As a matter of fact, after we were finished with the product table last night and Lori and I were packing up CDs and things to to leave, she looked at me and she said, I feel like Anthony and Dustin, who was our road manager, must be sick tonight and they're on the bus and we're having to pack this up. This just feels really strange. And it did. It did. But it was a great night last night. Um, and so you're keeping the office going. Obviously, I, I imagine people are calling from all over and wanting music. And uh, I heard you tell a story. People who maybe only had one of the CDs now want all of them. They want a complete collection. They actually think that the website is going to close down eventually, which it will not. I may mm-hmm. close the physical office because a virtual website can be handled sure. from anywhere. Sure. But um, the uh, the interest in his music from people, like you said, who only had one and want the whole series now, mm-hmm. From those that were flipping through the channel and caught the best of Anthony Berger on either TBN or on one of the the religious stations and had never heard him before and were fascinated and came to our website and then called the office wanting to know more about him only to find out that he had passed away. So there's a lot of people out there that don't realize yet that he's gone. Right, right. Um, If... And I know you get this question a lot. This is one of that, that initial question I asked you about reliving this, but could you walk through us the kind of the day, maybe some of the last moments you spent with Anthony? Oh, the day was wonderful. We were docked in St. Thomas. The weather was beautiful, and we decided to get off the ship for a couple of hours and see the island, do some sightseeing, do some souvenir buying, and we uh, spent time just walking the island, we rode in on a um, an open-air taxi with the members of Signature Sound, and that was a lot of fun in itself. We laughed a lot. And we also did um, a little bit of a survey thing with one of the young ladies who stopped us on the sidewalk. She was like a marketer, mm-hmm. and she was earning her living by promoting this resort and said if we could take 15 minutes to answer some questions. So Anthony looked at me, and he said, if this was our daughter, we'd want somebody to help her. So we stopped, and we did that. And then we went uh, shopping, and Anthony purchased a, a ring for me from uh, one of the jewelry stores and got back on the ship. He was very much concerned with the time element because he had a, a charting session with Ben Spear and with Bill that day. Mm-hmm. 
So we got back on the ship, and he went and did the charting session. We went to the area where the product table is, worked a little while. There was a um, concert from 4.30 to 6 for the first group of passengers that were uh, to go to that concert. And in between the two concerts, we had dinner. Mm-hmm. And that night, Anthony ordered two entrees, which was very unusual. He usually just ate one, but he had two. We went back to the cabin to brush teeth and, you know, straighten up for the next concert. And I almost didn't go to that one. We were so exhausted just from all the week's activities. And Anthony was getting ready to shut the door to the cabin. And he said, why don't you just stay here? You can watch it on television. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him. I said, what else have I got to do? (laughs) So we went on into the concert. And it was probably about the fourth song. And usually the artist family members don't sit in the actual uh, seating area for the guests, we usually stand up against the wall because we allow the paid passengers to, sure. to have those seats. But that night, they offered me a seat and said, go ahead and sit. So I was like third or fourth row. Mm-hmm. And after he played his song, it was incredible. He looked at me. I smiled. He turned away, started the next song, and that was the song that, that did it. Hmm. And was that, uh, we heard the rumor initially, but I think it's been disproved. It was not We Shall Behold Him. What song did he play as a solo? He was playing Keep on the Firing Line was his last solo. And the song he was playing was um, Hear My Song, Hear my song Lord. Lord. Yes. yes. Yeah. That's, that's a, great, uh, a great praise song that the Gaithers have been doing for years that I think oftentimes gets overlooked. Sometimes people forget that one. Uh, how, do you, how do you feel Anthony will be remembered um, by by the public, by his fans? How, how do you see his legacy living on? Actually, from everything that I've witnessed so far, both in email and both in person, they talk about his incredible talent, but they also talk about how simple and how approachable he was. Just a very, very sweet, you know, um, caring type person who took time, especially with those that were, aspiring musicians. Um, I can think of several times when we would get an email from the office saying that either someone had a terminally ill patient that uh, loved Anthony's music and they were getting ready to go into surgery or they only had a few days left or it was a a child that had some kind of a a disease or an affliction that really looked up to Anthony and could he take a few minutes and he always would Mm -hmm. take his cell phone and he would always make that call. So I think it's more, it was, it's a total package with him. It's the, it's the personal side as well as the professional side. Hmm. I, and I heard this story, I don't know if it was from you or for someone else, that, uh, that oftentimes if there was a church, even if it was a little tiny church of 30 people, and if they had a new piano and they wanted to have him dedicated, even in a small service, if he was between dates, he'd stop uh, on, on the road, on the way there, and, and take time to do that. Definitely yeah. so. When we left uh, Dallas this past February, just before the cruise, there was a church that was dedicating their signway and asked Anthony to come, and it was, it was not one of the larger churches that we had, that we usually would do. But Anthony, he felt like that was part of his way of giving back, and sure. we stopped in and dedicated the piano, and it, that was just that was just who he was. I'll ask you that same question about his legacy, how it, how you feel it's going to be, uh, how you feel it's going to live on. Uh, as opposed to his fans, now we'll turn the question over toward, towards his friends, is the people within the industry that he worked with. Um, how do you think they look at him uh, as more than just a musician, as a, as a good friend, as someone they can confide so. in? Definitely so. And you can tell that by the phone calls we keep getting from the artists out on the road and even those that have worked with him in the years past. Hmm. 
usually, um, I mean, after a certain amount of, of time, a couple of weeks, a couple of months, things tend to die down from flowers to calls to cars. That has not mm-hmm. been the case. Wow. He has been a friend to so many. And the calls we get that say to us, just because Anthony's gone doesn't mean the friendship with his family is going to be gone. We're here. Whatever you need. I had a, even a minister that called me from Myrtle Beach, South Carolina this past week and said, I'm going to be in Cleveland doing a ministerial apprentice program. I know Anthony's parents live there. Is there anything you need me to do while I'm there? <laughs> so it's that kind of friendship that lives on. He obviously worked very close to the Gaither organization um, and is the pianist. I mean, he was there just about uh, every time Bill and Gloria did a concert or a program. Uh, you guys still keep in touch with the Gaithers? Definitely so. Lori and I have been to two of the, the weekends, one in Indianapolis, one in Atlanta. We've experienced the yeah. tribute that Bill does to Anthony in the program. We are um, very, very close with the organization. As a matter of fact, uh, just about the time you think, well, life is going to go on, and we may not hear from anybody. The doorbell rings, and it's it's a plant. It's it's Easter lilies from mm-hmm. Bill and Gloria saying, "We were thinking about you. Have a wonderful Easter." So there, it's it's more than just friendship. We were a road family. We still are, even though at this particular time, Lori and I are not with them. Mm-hmm. It's um, it was our family, definitely so. Have you met Gordon Moat, the guy who's replaced yes. Anthony? Yes, we were together in Dallas, and. Uh, one of the things is to show you Anthony's heart. We were uh, at one of the concerts those two days, and Gordon was playing, and Anthony was always amazed at his talent, even with his disability. Mm. And um, Gordon was doing an interview session type thing with Bill between two songs, and he mentioned the fact that he never got smoke, and didn't <laughs> didn't he uh, think that you know didn't the world think that he could tell that he wasn't getting smoke? He may be blind, but he knew Anthony was getting smoke during some of his songs, and wanted to know why he wasn't getting smoke. And I think Bill's response to him said, "Well, well, when you play as as hard as Anthony does, we'll give you smoke." It really threw him <laughs> off for a minute. So he went into his second song, and Anthony was standing next to me in the back, and he said. I'm going to go give him smoke. I'll be back. And sure enough, during the at the very end of the song, he hit that smoke button and the crowd went wild. And that was just to show you that he had a heart for other musicians, for other artists, and he did whatever it took to make mm-hmm. something happen. The, the, these stories come come everywhere. The, the funny stories. I know in the the funeral clip uh, that we'll play later, Russ Taff told a story. I think about Anthony falling off the piano bench. And, uh, yes, uh, he had a tendency to rock the piano bench, which was uh, one of his trademark things that he right. did. And he did. He had um, an opportunity. They were they were playing with the Kingsmen, and there was a, an eight foot orchestra pit that his <laughs> piano bench got too close to, and he and the bench fell into the pit. Luckily, there weren't any microphone stands or music stands or anything down in there and the audience thought it was part of the show and the next thing they see is the piano bench coming over the top of the orchestra pit with anthony climbing out and finishing the rest of the song and luckily he wasn't hurt but that was just some of the funny stuff that happened to him along the way also we've talked a lot i've heard it talked a lot about his work ethic and i guess even though that's a funny story that kind of goes into play there you know not just sitting down there and said okay i'm i'm finished for the night let me definitely so and that's one of the things he's tried to instill with the children that um the people that come to hear you or whatever it is you're doing you have to give it more than a hundred percent if they've paid the price to come hear you you are at your best whether Mm -hmm. you're sick whether you're having a rough day 
day from the time you hit that arena or you hit the church or whatever it is you're doing, whether it's working a job at a fast food restaurant, you give more than 100% because that's what the public deserves. Uh, give me some examples of some unique tributes that you've experienced uh, for Anthony. Obviously, Bill and Gloria, they produced this best of before he even passed away, right? That's correct. We did the um, actual the, the filming of the interviews late in July, and it was actually released for Anthony to start selling it at his website and on his table the 1st of November. Mm-hmm. So we had the sales for those first couple of months, but it was already scheduled to be released in April. And I remember calling my contact with the Gaither organization and saying, you know, even though he's gone, if he was here, he would say, fellas, do whatever it takes, keep the music out there. So I didn't want them to think that I would think that it was in poor timing to release a video. And we were all in agreement that that's what needed to be done. But there had been just unbelievable tributes to him, just things that we get information through the emails and through cards where there are musicians who are dedicating their concerts to him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry Ford, every time he opens up his program, he does several songs in honor of Anthony. The artists are doing the same. They're carrying his product on -hmm. their tables. Um, That says a lot. It says a whole lot. There are musicians that in local churches are doing his arrangements in memory of Anthony. So there's a lot of unique things as well as um, just people that, that want to, to memorize him and, in, in, you know, memorialize him in some way mm-hmm. in their own special way. So it's, it's really a neat time. Speaking of time, timing has is, is been really kind of a unique thing in all of this. Uh, Steinway, uh, I think they, I remember when this happened, but I couldn't remember, I don't know how often they add artists to their roster, but Anthony was the newest. Uh, he was. We received our official letter in January. Yeah. We had been in New York uh, maybe a year before at Steinway Gallery, and this had all been in the process for several months, and we received official notification that he was a Steinway artist, and that was one of the things I think that just thrilled him. Yes, there are awards, but there's something about being endorsed by Steinway that... Yeah. And they they haven't stopped recognizing Anthony. As a matter of fact, they provided a piano in his memory for the the uh, homegoing service there in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And this year at the National Quartet Convention, there will be a tribute done at one of the showcases on Thursday afternoon. Anthony was scheduled to be there with Ivan Parker and Janet Paschal. Mm-hmm. So now it's going to be Ivan, Janet, Lori. And a tribute to Anthony and Steinway is providing the piano to be on display in the lobby for the entire week in memory of Anthony. Well, Louie, and this has been uh, very insightful. Before I let you go, I, um, we haven't talked much about it, but uh, you've gone through a lot of tragedy in your personal life. Uh, I understand you lost a son, a mother, and a father, and this has all been then Anthony, and then it's all been within, what, a few years? It has. Mom, Mom passed away in 94 with cancer. And then in 2000, in February, as a matter of fact, we had an 18-year-old son that passed away suddenly. So we were in the middle of getting used to not having him around. And six months later, my dad went in for open-heart surgery, and he passed away. So that was approximately six years ago. As a matter of fact, Anthony and I were reliving the whole um, passing of my dad and of my son and we were talking about death, and that's how I had this wonderful blueprint about what he wanted yeah, in case yeah. he should pass away. And the same thing with me. We had just talked about it a week earlier. Mm-hmm. So I had an idea of you know, what he really wanted in case something was to happen to him. 
So um, when he passed away in February, it was exactly six years and six months from the time my son passed away. So it was it was a very um, very hard time because I think I've been through now a mother, a father, a child, and a spouse. <laughs> And it's almost like you want to say, okay, Lord, time out. I, I need a little breather here. But, you know, I've, I've learned that if he can get you through a parent and a spouse and a child, then anything that comes your way, you can handle it. Hmm. Not to say we don't have difficult days. We do. But um, we're just, we just know he's got everything in control. I think uh, when you, especially with a, a Christian, when you talk about tragedy like this, you either fall in one of the extremes, either that I'm just going to smile and everything is, is roses and it's fine. It's, I'm a Christian, I'll get through this. The other side is, how could you, God? You kind of shake your fist, you know, and, and you just, I just can't believe that you almost turn away from your faith. Uh, and then you've got any range in the middle. Where, where do you fall, uh, or have you experienced some of all of those emotions? Most of the time I fall towards the... Everything's going to be all right. It may not be rosy today. But then every now and then I have to gravitate towards the, okay, Lord, why me? And then I have to stop back and go, okay, that's that's not who I am. That's not what I believe. I believe back on the other side. Everything's going to be fine. Somewhere down the line I will see exactly why all of this happened. I may not enjoy it right now. And in a couple of years I'll look back and go, okay, I understand that now, or it may not be until I'm in heaven with him that I can look back, and I don't even know if we'll look back then. I don't know why we would, you know, with everything <laughs> right. that I've heard, it's supposed to be, uh, it's supposed to be incredible, and I know he's having a wonderful time. So I just have to sit back and go, okay, Lord, it's the next day. What am I supposed to do today? Make it through that day, and see what he has for us. A friend of mine uses this quote, and I can't prove the numbers, and it, it may not even be actually biblical, but it's a nice thought, I think. He says that every time an unbeliever gets cancer, a Christian gets cancer. Every time an unbeliever goes through a divorce, a Christian goes through a divorce. Every time an unbeliever dies, a Christian dies, so that the world can see the difference. And I hope that encourages you. I think that the testimonies we've heard from the cruise ship personnel, from people all across the country, they it speaks volumes to your faith and uh, to the faith that Anthony, the, the life that he lived and, and his uh, uh, his salvation in Christ as well. So uh, our love is, is with you and your family. And, uh, and listen, the music is great, and Anthony's gone, but his music lives on. I think that's what this program's about, and we'll certainly do our best to honor him and his music. Thank you so much.